Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all a rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Welcome to your round 18 review. What a round of footy it was. It was funny. Didn't really know what to do with myself on Thursday night. No footy on on Thursday. It's the weirdest feeling come rep round when there's no footy on one of the days. I was literally so excited for Thursday night football all week and then there was no footy on Thursday. But we had a really good game to kick off your Friday of footy, but we'll talk about that in a second. We'll firstly go to the team of the week for your round 18. At fullback, we had Latrell Mitchell. What a game he had. Sensational for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Had to put him in there in the starting fullback role. Now, there's plenty of guys that I could have chucked in there instead, but Latrell Mitchell, in terms of all the fullbacks this weekend, I think he had the best week. He is honestly just a freak of nature, Latrell Mitchell. On the wings, I had Joseph Suwali and James Schiller. A bit of backlash on the Joseph Suwali one. Not many people agreed with him on the wing. I personally think that he was one of the best swingers this weekend. He is just, again, a freak of nature. You look at these genetic freaks in our game at the moment. Joseph Suwali really showing up the competition. Probably one of the informed wingers at the moment in the NRL. And he's only getting started. Only 18 years old. Only 18 years old. 18 or 19 years old. Joseph Suwali. Unbelievable game from him on the weekend. And then I had James Schiller on the other wing really awesome performance from him. I know he did come off with injury in the back end of that game, but he was awesome. Those two tries that he scored were unbelievable. So I've got James Schiller on that wing in the centers. I have Jesse Ramian, who yet again was an absolute monster for the Cronulla Sharks. And then Isaac Tago as well for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, It was a very tight game against the West Tigers. And obviously, since there were a lot of outs for the Penrith Panthers, but he really stood up and had a big game there in the centers. Uh, One of their main starters now as well. Really proving himself in that center jersey. Had an awesome game. Isaac Tago. Uh, Joseph Manu, I had at the six. I thought he was outstanding for the Roosters. Was definitely one of the main reasons that the Roosters won on the weekend. He was unreal and I think with the form that he's been in at the moment, I think he has to be a starter for the Sydney Roosters in that 5-8 role. I don't think he'll be playing center for much longer. I think that Luke Keery is going to have a spell in reserve grade. I think that it's going to be Sam Walker and Joseph Manu in the halves for the next few weeks. And then I had Nico Hines in there for the Cronulla Sharks. I thought he was sensational at seven for them. Toby Rudolph and James Fisher-Harris in the front row. Toby Rudolph, it was a big game for him and he really stood up there in the front row and same with James Fisher-Harris. In a game they nearly lost the Penrith Panthers. He really stood up in this game and had a huge one. I've got Harry Grant at hooker for the Melbourne Storm. I thought he played quite well, even in a losing side. I thought he was one of the better hookers on the weekend. In the back row, I have Isaiah Papali'i and Angus Crichton. Angus Crichton, I know he came off the bench. I know he played majority of the game in the middle, uh, but he is traditionally a back rower. I put him in the back row because I thought that he had to be in this starting side somewhere. He was unreal, Angus Crichton. Really solid performance from him. Uh, And then Victor Radley at lock for the Sydney Roosters. Really strong game for Victor Radley. After announcing himself as an Englishman, as a palm, as a peaky blinder, it was a bit of a shock to me. Personally, I didn't know that he had English heritage in his 
family. I believe it's from his father, who's an Englishman himself. So uh, great stuff for Victor Radley. I think he should still be able to play Origin since he was born in Australia, I'm pretty sure. So I think he should be able to still play State of Origin. And that's what I think with all of these guys, whether you're an Islander or what, if you're born in Australia, if you're born in New South Wales, you should have the right, if you want to, to wear that New South Wales jersey or be eligible for that New South Wales jersey. That's just my opinion. I know that some of you guys disagree with that, have contrasting opinions and whatnot. That's just my personal opinion. I think that if you are growing up in New South Wales, you should have the right to wear that New South Wales jersey. But anyway, the bench for the team of the week was James Tedesco for the Sydney Roosters. It was really hard to pick between him and Latrell Mitchell. I had to put Latrell Mitchell there after the Sunday night performance. So I've got James Tedesco on the bench there. I've got Joseph Tarpany, Jackson Hastings, Tavita Totola, Joe Offerhangawi, and Sam Walker also on the bench. Tarpany, really strong game in the front row. It's pretty much impossible to leave him out of the team of the week every time he plays because he just puts in an awesome performance every single week. Jackson Hastings at lock forward. A lot of people disliked this move. I thought that he still got through a lot of work, and I thought he was one of the better players on the weekend. I really did. I thought he really stood up in that game. Uh, Tavita Totola for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Really strong performance from him in the front row, running for nearly 200 metres, if not over 200 metres. Uh, Joe Offerhang Gowie, first game in the front row in a while, been playing lock forward over the past few weeks, but I still thought that he had a really good game for the West Tigers. And then Sam Walker for the Sydney Roosters, really strong game from him as well. His kicking game was superb in that game against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now let's talk about the games on the weekend. The first one was the Sharks v. the North Queensland Cowboys. A game I thought North Queensland were going to win. I got this tip wrong. It was the Cronulla Sharks that took this game away. I should have known that without their main stars, the Cowboys wouldn't be able to get the win here. I still had a lot of faith in them, and I think a lot of people as well had a lot of faith in them with Chad Townsend, Scott Drinkwater in the side, and these guys still performed to a high standard. It was just the sheer brilliance of the Cronulla Sharks, and a really strong effort from them to get this 26-12 win over the North Queensland Cowboys, who I reckon are going to be really, really dangerous come finals time. Uh, the try scorers, Kyle Felt and Hamaso Tabby White for Doe for the North Queensland Cowboys. And then it was Jesse Ramian for a double, Teg Wilton and Sione Katoa. Teg Wilton, a seriously underrated back rower. In my opinion, he is so underrated. Really strong and evasive in attack. You can almost play him in the centers and get away with it. Teg Wilton, really strong and evasive and a solid defender as well. On the weekend, he ran for 113 metres, 48 post-contact metres, three tackle breaks, one line break, and offload 38 tackles and six missed. Awesome effort. Awesome effort from Tag Wilton on the weekend, as well as a try. He's playing some pretty decent footy at the moment, and it's going really unnoticed. So, Tag Wilton, shout out to you, mate. Great performance on the weekend. And Jesse Ramian, one step better. He was unreal. 127 metres, 41 post-contact metres, a try, 10 tackle busts, two line breaks, one offload. He is unreal, Jesse Ramian. Five tries in the past two weeks. A solid effort from him, a solid effort. One of the informed centers in our competition at the moment. You could almost say he's the informed center at the moment with Joey Manu moving to 5'8". He's definitely one of the better ones in our competition at the moment, really playing some good footy. And if he keeps this try scoring effort up, he could be the top try scorer by the end of the year. I'm not sure what he's at at the moment, but I tell you what, if you're scoring two to three tries a game, you are going to be up there 
Yeah. That is for sure. Ronaldo Molotalo as well, 135 metres, 35 post-contact metres, eight tackle busts, two offloads. Eight tackle busts and two offloads. How dangerous is he? How dangerous is he, Ronaldo Molotalo? I reckon I would go as far as to say he is pretty much the informed winger in our competition at the moment. Not the most looked at, but I would go as far as to say that Ronaldo Molotalo, definitely the informed winger in the comp at the moment. Really, really good footy at the moment played by him and a really strong effort here from the Cronulla Sharks to get the win over the Cowboys. Cronulla were playing some really fast brands of football in this game. I think it caught the Cowboys a little bit off guard, especially at the start. Four minutes in, you see Ramian go over for a try. And he was really active through the middle as well, Jesse Ramian. I thought he was coming in the middle and getting very involved there. I thought Scott Drinkwater for the Cowboys was still quite dangerous. He nearly went over for a try himself at the beginning there, just before Felt went over. He was very dangerous, especially on the right-hand side, Scott Drinkwater. Tom Gilbert nearly scoring a try, but being held there by Blake Braley, and he got sent off as well at dummy half, and that just opened up so much space in the middle for the hammer to go over with a beautiful short ball from Chad Townsend. So don't get me wrong, the Cowboys were definitely still in this game. They were extremely dangerous, as they always are. I think they just lacked that Valentine Holmes, that Tom Deed and that Jeremiah Nanai, those guys that can just create something from what they see in front of them. I think the Cowboys can take a lot of positives from this game though. They still played very well against the top eight side with a lot of players out. So if they want to take anything from this game, they can take away that they're still a very strong side without some of their stars in this lineup. As I said before, Scott Drinkwater really stood up for the Cowboys. He ran for 162 metres, 55 post-contact metres, seven tackle busts, one line break and offload, and kicked for 101 metres as well. So getting very involved with the kicking. He took five kicks in total in this game. So strong effort there, strong effort there from Scott Drinkwater, nearly going over for a try as well. Peter Hickey as well, a bit of an unsung hero in this side. 237 metres, 93 post-contact metres, five tackle breaks and one line break assist. Griffin Neem off the bench as well, 118 metres, 52 post-contact metres, 23 tackles, four missed. Solid knock off the bench playing 35 minutes of football. Really good effort there by Griffin Neem. I feel like every week when he's on the bench here for the Cowboys, he has a really good knock. So solid effort from him. Tom Chester, the debutant, I thought he looked really good, really dangerous. He's doing some really good things in reserve grade from what I'm hearing, especially from Scott Drinkwater. Gave him a nice little rap on the Matty John show, so. So awesome stuff there from Tom Chester. Let's see if he makes a side over the next few weeks. But the real topic of discussion has to be the Sharks. They were unreal in this game. Solid effort, solid win. Connor Tracy, again, doing a good job filling in for COC for Talakai, who, again, has been one of the informed centers in this competition. So it's going to be very hard for Connor Tracy to keep his spot, but he is putting up a pretty good case for himself. 161 meters, 42 post-contact contact meters, five tackle breaks, one line break, 15 tackles and only four missed. So tell you what, the Cronulla Sharks have some great depth and it's going to be very, very helpful come finals time. I think they make the top eight. Maybe if they're lucky, they make the top four, but they're playing some good footy at the moment. And if they keep it up, uh, they're going to be in that top four sort of echelon for sure. They come up against the Panthers next week, which is going to be hard. Most of their stars, if not all of them, are going to be back for that one. 
one. And then they come up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, another tough one, but the South Sydney can be 50-50 in that one. Uh, they then go on to verse the Dragons. After that, they verse the Tigers. And then they've got the Manly Seagulls. In round 24, they have the Bulldogs. Round 25, they come up against the Newcastle Knights. So a pretty 50-50 draw there. I think they can win most of those games. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how the Cronulla Sharks go, but I definitely think they'll be in the top eight, if not the top four. It feels like the season only started a few weeks ago, and here we are talking about finals. That is just crazy. This season has gone so fast. I honestly can't wait for finals. I cannot wait to see who makes the top eight by finals time, and I think it's going to be a very exciting final series and one where it's going to be very tough and very even, in my opinion. I think it's going to be, other than Penrith, one of the more even final series, especially with Melbourne in the slump they're on at the moment. Three losses in a row, which we'll get to in a second. I think that it's going to be a much more even final series this season. Uh, but we move on to the next game, the Eels v. the Warriors. We knew the Eels were going to win here. 28-18 was the scoreline. Uh, try scorers, Wonga Blake going over for two. Isaiah Papali'i scoring. Clinton Gutherson scoring. Mike Sevo scoring. And then for the Warriors, it was Marcelo Montoya, Edward Cozzi, and Jack Murchie scoring in this game. I thought it was a really strong game by Parramatta, but it was a great effort also from the New Zealand Warriors, staying almost level with the Parramatta Reels. Only about one and a half tries off winning that game, the Warriors. So strong effort from them. It was a huge effort, a huge effort from the Parramatta forwards, especially starting off with Regan Campbell-Gillard, 163 metres, 61 post-contact metres, 26 tackles, zero missed. Then you have Junior Paolo, 139 metres, 55 post-contact metres, one tackle break. And then we have 21 tackles with only one miss. Reid Marnie, 37 tackles, one miss. Sean Lane, 174 metres, 83 post-contact metres, three tackle breaks, 31 tackles, two missed. Isaiah Papali'i, who was absolutely extremely dangerous in this game. Bit of an offloading game about him again in this one. Uh, 110 metres, 51 post-contact metres, three tackle breaks, 36 tackles, two missed. And then Murata Niakore, 123 metres, 48 post-contact metres, 28 tackles, zero missed. Then the bench forwards, Makaheshi Makatoa, 102 metres, 50 post-contact metres, 24 tackles, zero missed. And then Oregon Kafusi going off to the Sharks next year, 106 metres, 48 post-contact metres, 33 tackles, and then one missed. And these guys played for 37 minutes for Makaeshi Makatoa, and then 53 minutes for Oregon Kafusi. So huge efforts for these Parramatta forwards. Really got this side on the go forward. Gutho, Sevo, Will Penasini, Wonga Blake, uh, and Bailey Simonson having strong games in this one as well. Wonga Blake, though, scoring two tries. Awesome stuff from him. 156 metres, 50 post-contact metres, one tackle break, one line break. Mike Sevo for me, well and truly back. Mike Sevo. hopefully he gets on that try-scoring form we saw from him last season or the season before. But in this one, 183 metres, 20 
96 post contact meters, three tackle breaks, a line break, as well as a try and a try assist. A try assist from big Mike Acevo. Love to see it. Now, as good as the Eels were, the Warriors, they were really, really strong defensively, especially on their own goal line. Will Penasini nearly went in for the first try at the start, and he was denied taking over the sideline. Sean Lane nearly went over, and the Warriors pushed him back well and truly. Obviously, Wonga Blake scored just after that, but their defense on their goal line, I thought was superb, at least for most of that game. Mike Acevo's interceptor set up Wonga Blake for a try. That was awesome. That was awesome. Obviously, Mike Acevo, the big, strong winger, didn't really have the legs to go the full length. Gets it off to Wonga Blake, uh, and the rest is history. Wonga Blake for a double in that game. Really, really solid performance from Mike Acevo, though. I thought he was awesome in that game. He didn't miss a tackle either, so he was defensively on point as well. I know you don't have to make as many tackles on the wing as you do in the front row. Trust me, I'm a front row myself, I know. Uh, but he did a really good job defense and in attack as well. Big Gutho got winded and chucked his guts. That was quite funny to watch, but quite disgusting at the same time. Got absolutely smoked by Marcelo Montoya there. Then come the second half, we had the Isaiah Papali'i try. And I tell you what, I love the little involvements of Reid Marnie getting more involved in the play, coming out of dummy half and setting blokes up like he did Isaiah Papali'i. He's become much more inclined to come out of dummy half and look for the play around him rather than just giving the one pass or the two pass. He's become much more prone to scooting out of dummy half and looking for someone to give it to and coming right into the line, looking for work. Really solid stuff there from Reid Marnie. I thought his little play there to set up Isaiah Papali'i was first class. And an awesome little try celebration from big Isaiah Papali'i as well. But all in all, a great game from the Eels. A great game from the Eels, but I thought that the Warriors really did a good job of sticking in there and especially defensively they were solid. We move on to the next game which was the Roosters v the St. George Illawarra Dragons. That was an awesome game to watch. An awesome game to watch. James Tedesco putting on a show for his fans honestly did not think that it was going to be this lopsided. I didn't think that the Roosters were going to put on the performance at the back end of that game like they did. I honestly thought this was going to be a grudge match while watching this game. Obviously, at the start, I said Trent Robinson's 250th, James Tedesco, Victor Radley going to step up in this game, have a big one at Roosters 13+. plus. I got that right, but I tell you what, during that game, especially in the first 10 to 15 minutes, I thought that I was way off. It was a real battle. The Dragons really sticking it to them in attack and in defense but the Roosters really coming through at the last sections of this game and really putting a number on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Joseph Manu, what a player. He is an absolute freak. He has to be in the middle somewhere. He has to be either at the one or at the six. He's got to stay in the middle somewhere, that is for sure. Him being involved in the middle is just superb to watch. He does some really freakish things. He is a really good and I think now genuine six for the Sydney Roosters. If that means Luke Keery is going to have a little bit of a spell in reserve grade, I think it is that time. Especially with a few injuries now, Satili Tupanua and Billy Smith with ACL injuries. COCY Takiaho with a fractured eye socket or something along those lines. They're looking to get into finals with a few injuries. They need a little bit of a push. I think Joseph Manu is that push. Joseph Manu, James Sadesco, Victor Radley, those are the three guys that are going to get this side 
into the top eight. I think that if they get into the top eight, it is going to be because of those three guys. Looking at their run going over the next few weeks, the Sydney Roosters, they come up against the Newcastle Knights, then the Manly Seagulls, the Broncos, then they come up against the Cowboys, then they come up against the West Tigers, then up against the Storm, and in round 25, they come up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So a pretty 50-50 draw there. Roosters definitely can win most of those games. Joseph Manu is definitely going to be that punch. James Tedesco as well, having an awesome game in this one. But Joseph Manu, I think he is going to be the real kick for the Roosters to get into finals over the next few weeks. You look at the stats from him in this game. For NRL Fantasy, was very lucky to have him in my side with 103 fantasy points. What an absolute freak. 103 fantasy points, making me wish that I had captained him. But he got 194 meters, 52 post-contact meters, 15 tackle breaks. 15 tackle breaks that is unheard of. Uh, Three line breaks, two line break assists, 14 tackles, only one missed. Solid game, solid game. He also kicked for 32 metres with the two kicks that he did take. And those were just grubbers and chips over the top. So those are pretty much irrelevant, but a really, really strong game. A really strong game from Joseph Manu. James Tedesco as well, 191 metres, 34 post-contact metres, 10 tackle breaks and a line break as well as two tries in that game. Joseph Manu, two tries and two try assists. And he got taken off early too and still managed to get 103 fantasy points. He is an absolute weapon. James Tedesco, a weapon as well. They put on a real show. Now, Joseph Suwali as well. What a weapon he is. That try that he scored, the first one, you could have put a basketball net next to him and he would have dunked the fucking football. He was a freak. You should have seen how high he got for that try. And then Victor Radley in this game, 213 metres, 45 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks, one line break, 31 tackles, only one missed. Solid game for him. Sam Verrills as well, unsung hero here with 41 tackles and two missed. Really solid defensive effort from him. And Matt Lodge off the bench in his debut. Not even half an hour of football. He ran for 92 metres, 20 post-contact metres. Two tackle breaks, eight tackles, zero missed. In 30 minutes of football, that is not too bad for a Roosters debut. And he was doing a lot of work in the middle there. But the other guys off the bench as well. Connor Watson almost having a Dylan Walker effect. He came on the field and absolutely lit up the Roosters attack, in my opinion. Came on in a middle role and absolutely killed it. And then Egan Butcher as well. 102 metres, 32 post-contact metres. One tackle break, 26 tackles, zero missed. Huge night for the Roosters forwards, but the backs were just as sensational. Sam Walker, Joseph Manu, James Tedesco, huge wraps to those guys. Victor Radley as well, having a huge game. A huge game for the Sydney Roosters. You can see what he brings to this side in defense and in attack. He is absolutely sublime. I tell you what, that England team is going to be very, very dangerous with Victor Radley playing in the lock forward role. Now, I've given the Roosters a lot of wraps. In terms of the Dragons, they played quite quite well, especially at the start, and they really leveled with the Sydney Roosters, especially in the forward pack. Jack DeBellin playing some really good footy. They looked really well organized, thanks to Ben Hunt uh, backing up from Origin. I thought Ben Hunt was sensational in this game as well, but I thought in the last 20 to 30 minutes, the Roosters really got on a roll, thanks to the guys like Manu and Tedesco and Radley, uh, who really had sensational games. It was really hard for the St. George Illawarra Dragons to come back and make a game of it. So a really big game here by the Sydney Roosters. 54 
to 26. 54 to 26 was the final scoreline. Really great game from the Roosters. The next one was the Manly Seagulls taking on the Newcastle Knights. Manly getting on a bit of a roll here. I tipped Manly 13 plus and I got that tip right. Manly 42 to 12 here. Cowler having a sensational game. Jason Saab scoring two tries. Hamole Olakawatu, Andrew Davey, Christian Tuipoloto and Lachlan Croker scoring. And then the two tries for the Newcastle Knights were Adam Clune and Kalen Ponga. The back five for Manly played really well as well. Uh, Ruben Garrick, Jason Saab, Morgan Harper, Toletau Cowler and Christian Tuipoloto having a really, really solid game. Ruben Garrick, 233 metres, 53 post-contact metres, five tackle breaks, two line breaks, two line break assists, two offloads, seven tackles, one miss. Then you look at Jason Saab, two tries, 223 metres, 39 post-contact metres, three tackle busts, three line breaks, one offload. Uh, Morgan Harper, 137 metres, 53 post-contact metres, six tackle busts, two line break assists, one offload. Uh, Toletau Kowler, 153 metres, 37 post-contact metres, four tackle busts, two line breaks, one offload. Christian Tuipoloto, 110 metres, 47 post-contact metres, six tackle breaks and one offload. Daly Cherry Evans, though, in the seven, having a really good game, controlling this side, backing up from Origin and getting a big win over the Newcastle Knights. I thought KP played quite well, especially since he backed up from Origin. Running for 200 metres and pretty much involved in everything that the Knights did. David Clemmer as well, putting in some big performances over the past few weeks for the Newcastle Knights. In this one especially, 154 metres, 62 post contact, three tackle busts, one offload, 31 tackles with only one miss. Jaden Braley in his second week back, second or third week back, 41 tackles, only five missed. 41 tackles in the middle. I feel like the hookers over the past few weeks have really, really developed the defense. I feel like 40 tackles is the average now for hookers. Sam Verrills, Damian Cook, Jaden Braley, Reese Robson, uh, even Reid Marnie to a stretch, really developing their defense. And I think, as I said, the average tackles for a hooker now, especially this week, has been around that 40 to 42 mark. Jacob Saifidi, 100 meters off the bench as well. Huge efforts here from the Newcastle Knights. Unfortunately, it couldn't get them the win. 42 to 12 the final scoreline obviously but big performances from the back five from the Manly Seagulls, Daly Cherry Evans and the back row Hamole Olakawatu, Andrew Davey and Jake Trevojevic, Hamole Olakawatu 31 tackles, 0 missed Andrew Davey 21 tackles, 0 missed, Jake Trevojevic 31 tackles, only 1 missed from him and they pretty much ran for 100 metres each so really big knock from the Manly Seagulls back 3 and obviously by back 3 I mean the back row I've got to say, though, the highlight for me for that game, it was about halfway through the match, Adam Clune try. Dominic Young putting an absolute Hail Mary of a kick into the in goal for the Newcastle Knights. And Adam Clune just chases it down and puts the ball down only just inside the field of play for that try. But really, really solid stuff there from Adam Clune to get there. But a really, really lucky kick there from Dominic Young. So an awesome try there. Definitely one of the highlights from that game for me. A really solid game from the Newcastle Knights. I must say it was one of their better games, even though they did go down by a big margin. 
uh, but mainly just putting a number on them here in this game. Now, the next game was the Broncos where the Titans 16 to 12 was the final score. The Broncos getting the win there and it was much closer than I thought this game was going to be. 16-12, only one unconverted try. Four points in front, the Brisbane Broncos. Tanner Boyd and Jermaine Jaloff going over for the Titans. And then it was Deloise Hoyter, Jordan Pereira and Adam Reynolds scoring for the Brisbane Broncos. I think Tanner Boyd... To be honest, in my opinion, I think he really works well for this Gold Coast Titans side. I think he really does fit in well in that 5-8 role with Toby Sexton at the 7. But Toby Sexton, he stood up in this game. He stood up. Didn't have the big stats here, but geez, 589 kicking meters. His kicking game was pretty much spot on in this game. Fodder Waker as well. Some of the defensive plays that he displayed in that game, that he did in that game, really set the tone in defense for the Gold Coast Titans. Some of the tackles he made were just sublime, sensational. Really, really solid player for the Waker. I think he was unlucky not to make the Origin squad for Queensland, to be honest. I thought he was really, really unlucky not to be there. In this game, he got 189 meters, 67 post-contact meters, three tackle busts, two offloads, 36 tackles, only two missed. Aaron Booth, again, 42 tackles, with only three missed, 42, 41, 40. 40 tackles is the common number we're hearing at the moment for dummy halves. The tackling average has gone up. Big Tino off the bench with 153 metres. Jermaine Jaloff, 116 metres, as well as a try. Really huge efforts from the forwards in this game. Huge efforts. David Fafita, 124 metres, 39 post contact, nine tackle busts, three offloads, 39 tackles in this game. Huge effort there from Dave Fafita. Really solid game here from the Gold Coast Titans and they were unlucky not to get the win here against the Brisbane Broncos. They played with a lot of heart, proving that they still have a little fight left in the belly. Can they work their way up the ladder? Don't think they'll be making the top eight, but maybe around that 13, 14 sort of spot, maybe even 12th on the ladder. If they can work their way up to that spot over the next few weeks, I think it's unlikely, but if they can, it'll be a huge effort for the Gold Coast Titans. But you look at the performances from the Brisbane Broncos as well. Tessie New, 241 metres, 35 post-contact, 7 tackle busts, 1 offload in this game. When you look at Deloise Hoyter, 149 metres, 35 post-contact, 1 tackle bust, 2 line breaks, 5 tackles, 0 missed. Uh, Katoni Staggs as well. Uh, 114 metres, 37 post-contact, and then Brenko Lee, 111, 43 post-contact. Jordan Pereira, 142 with 32 post-contact metres. A huge effort from the back five for the Brisbane Broncos. Zach Hosking, the back rower that debuted last week, had his second game on the weekend. Really solid performance from him as well. 144 metres, 43 post-contact, six tackle busts, 35 tackles, two missed. He has been solid, taking some really tough carries in the back row there, getting heavily involved for a back rower as well. So really, really big shout to Zach Hosking, really, really talented back rower, really tough back rower as well. And I imagine he'll be in the 
side over the next few weeks. But this one was a really tough game, probably one of the games of the week for me. It was really entertaining to watch, uh, and especially since it was such a nail-biter and an unexpected nail-biter. You were just on your toes the whole time, right up until Adam Reynolds scored that last try to seal the deal. A really solid game from both sides. Brisbane just the better team on the night. We move on to the Sunday games. The first one was the Panthers v. the West Tigers again. Another one I thought was going to be a little more sided to the Penrith Panthers. I know they had a lot of players out and I was sort of expecting for me to be wrong about this one and I was. Panthers won 18-16. Probably one of the scrappiest games of football I think I've witnessed over the past however long. I don't care. It has been a while. So many errors. So many drop balls. It was really, really scrappy. Don't want to dive into this game too much just because there's nothing really to dive into other than that it was a really scrappy grudge match. Awesome try at the end to seal a deal from James Fisher-Harris and a well-deserved one after the game he had in that winning side. James Fisher-Harris, he was solid. He set the tone throughout that whole game, even though it was a grudge match, even though that it was close due to the errors. He was really, really solid. I don't think he dropped the ball once, James Fisher-Harris. Really, really solid game from him. Sean O'Sullivan, too, had a bit of a running game in this one, and that was evident with his 137 metres and 35 post-contact. Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris running for over 100 metres. Moses Leota actually 100 on the dot, uh, with James Fisher-Harris running for 164 metres, 86 post-contact metres, three tackle busts, a line break, uh, 38 tackle with only two missed. Mitch Kenny, 54 tackles. 54 tackles with four missed. Talk about the tackling average for the hookers going up. Mitch Kenny, 54 tackles with only two missed. What a game from him. Really, really solid game from Mitch Kenny. I thought Kikau was really dangerous with ball in hand. 138 metres, 43 post contact, one tackle bust, a line break, a line break assist, two offloads, 34 tackles and two missed. James Fisher-Harris getting the winning try and being the real mongrel in the middle, the real mongrel in the middle. I thought he had a really solid game in this one. Dylan Edwards doing what Dylan Edwards does with 242 metres, 71 post contact, five tackle busts, one line break assist, one offload. Well and truly there doing what Dylan Edwards does. Charlie Staines as well, 200 metres, 80 post contact, eight tackle busts, one line break, two line break assists, and an offload as well. But we can highlight some really good performances in this game. It was extremely, extremely scrappy from both teams. I guarantee you, though, for Penrith, as soon as Nathan Cleary comes back, he is going to be the shining light. He's going to bring the structure back to this side. You know what? If there are any positives to take from this game, Jackson Hastings in the 13 role now. A lot of people didn't like this. I don't really like it myself, but I thought that it was all right in the sense that he still got heavily involved. He did a lot of the kicking still as well. Still had a strong performance, 161 metres, 39 post-contact, 41 tackles with only one miss. So really solid game from him in the middle. So I guess lock forward semi-works for Jackson Hastings. It's not my favourite thing in the world. For me, I'd be having Hastings and Dewey 
in the halves and Brooks at nine. I've been very adamant about that for a while. Uh, but, you know, don't fix something that isn't broken. And I wouldn't be taking Farmanu Brown out of that hooking role anytime soon as well. He's having a really good little stint there. I'd actually still move Hastings to the seven jersey. I'd have Luke Brooks coming off the bench as a 14, to be honest. I'd love that idea. But we'll have to wait and see what the West Tigers do over the next few weeks. To be honest, I wouldn't be having too many spine changes, especially coming up to finals time. I know most likely they won't be in the finals, but if there are any chance, I wouldn't be making many spine changes still, especially in the sense that you want to prepare for next year. So wouldn't be changing too many things up with the spine. I'd sort of be locking down that spine. Who you want in the six, who you want in the seven. We know who we got in the one. Happy Coruscant will most likely enter the building. And I say most likely, especially with all the things happening with Isaiah Papali'i. Uh, so Happy Coruscant is going to come into the building next year. You can have a nine. You can have a one. You already do have a one. Uh, you just got to figure out that six and seven for me. That's Hastings and Dewey. And if that means Brooks is a 14 off the bench, I think that's where he's going to sort of transition unless he goes to a club like the Dolphins or he goes off to a different system. For me, Luke Brooks, the best option would be waiting to see what happens with Cameron Munster. Maybe trying to sneak over to the Melbourne Storm, play a 14 role over there. Melbourne do need a half of the moment. And this is the interesting thing. If you could get Luke Brooks over to the Melbourne Storm on a cheap deal, maybe a 100 to 200K deal for the rest of the season, you get him playing in the six alongside Jerome Hughes with Cameron Munster at fullback. If I was Luke Brooks and the Melbourne Storm offered me that contract, I'd be taking it for sure. Getting into a Melbourne Storm system for Luke Brooks would be so, so beneficial for him. And I think that the best thing for Luke Brooks to do right now is to get out of that system because obviously he isn't in the long-term plan. Hastings, and Dewey are in the long-term plan. So I'd be getting out of that system very, very quickly. I think it's time for Luke Brooks to leave the West Tigers. It was time for Luke Brooks to leave the West Tigers as soon as they signed Jackson Hastings for me. So we'll have to see what happens over the next few weeks. But going back to the game, I thought it was a really, really scrappy game of football, as I said. Uh, You look at the next game, it was totally the opposite. A really tight contest. 20-16, to the Melbourne Storm lost to the Canberra Raiders. That makes it three losses in a row for the Melbourne Storm. The biggest blow out of that game for the Melbourne Storm, and we just talked about it then, Ryan Pappenhausen out for the rest of the season, it looks like. So we're going to have to put either Nick Meaney at fullback like they've done in the past and have Munster staying in the halves, uh, obviously staying in the halves there with Nick Meaney at fullback like they've done in the past, or Like they've said on the Guru post, and I had a long discussion with the Guru and some of his fans about what they're going to do here. You move Cameron Munster to fullback. It's a very interesting little one. I sort of get what the Guru is trying to say, and I somewhat agree with him on some senses. And I think if worse comes to worse, they do move Munster up there. I think it'd be a great time to either debut Jonah Pezzett, who played number seven in the Origin Under-19s game, Or you put Cooper Johns there who already has NRL experience and you get him to play in the sixth jersey. I think it created too many problems when Jaden Nicarima walked into that building, walked into that sixth jersey. Uh, Not walked into the building, sorry, just walked into the sixth jersey. I don't think he's the right go for the six. I think he's a better nine than he's a six, Jaden Nicarima. So I'd be having a guy like Cooper Johns come in and play six. I think it's too much pressure on Tyron Wishart. I think that he can't handle the pressure at the moment. He's very young, only just 
just coming into the NRL, can't really handle the pressure at the moment of playing that main number six role or that main number one role. A really talented player, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think that he would be the go for me. I'd rather have someone in like Cooper Johns or Jonah Pezzett and most likely be Cooper Johns having the more NRL experience coming in there and playing that number six role. So Cooper Johns at six with Munster to fullback. It'll be very interesting to see what they do over the past few weeks. I think Munster to fullback might be quite unlikely. I think at the end of the day, they are going to put Meany at fullback, but a very interesting avenue that the Guru decided to go down. And if the Melbourne Storm do want to get back on a winning roll. What have they got to lose, really? They know they're going to make the eight at the end of the day. I know they're going to make the eight at the end of the day. It'd be very unlikely for Melbourne to miss the eight. So I think if they want to go well in this finals run, I think they should definitely test out Munster at fullback, maybe for one or two games. Personally, me watching him at fullback in the past, he was really good when he started his career there at fullback, especially when Billy Slater was out for an extended period of time and he filled in there in the fullback jersey. But his most recent performance was in origin, I believe, at fullback, and he didn't go too well. The Blues put an absolute number on the Maroons that day and it really exploded Cameron Munster at fullback. So I don't think he's a real good fullback. I think he's a much better 5'8", and that's proven. He's one of the game's best 5'8" if not the game's best 5'8 currently at the moment. So for me, as I said in that post, don't fix what isn't broken. I would still have Munster in the sixth jersey move, meaning to one. I think it's the most likely option. Uh, But yeah, as I said, very interesting avenue that the Guru did explore there, moving Cameron Munster to that one jersey. He had a pretty decent game in this one. 180 metres, 50 post contact, four tackle busts, two line break assists, five offloads, 21 tackles, three missed, 115 metres kicked. Tell you what, I know Ryan Pappenhausen did get ruled out early. In 19 minutes of football, he ran for 81 metres. I'll say that again. In 19 minutes, in 20 minutes of football, he ran for 81 metres. That is unbelievable. He was set for a big game. I see that now, Ryan Pappenhausen, but really unfortunate. He's been ruled out for the season now with that fractured kneecap. It just came out on Channel 9, literally as I'm recording this. So really unfortunate there for Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, But a pretty good game from Melbourne, I won't lie. But in total, they had 11 errors as a team. 11 errors. That is so un-Melbourne-like. I've never seen that from a Melbourne side. 11 errors in total. They completed at a higher rate than Canberra as well at 80% versus 78%. So only just. And they had more possession of the football to Melbourne. 54% over 46% to the Canberra Raiders. So there's definitely a problem at Melbourne at the moment. Don't know what it is, but it's going to be a very interesting next few few weeks for them. Next week, Melbourne, they come up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Hopefully they can get a win there, uh, but wink, wink, as a South fan, I hope that we flog them. Uh, again, wink, wink, trying to be as unbiased as I can be. Uh, they versus the Warriors the following week. Hopefully they can get a win there, and I think that's going to be their first win after this big losing streak that we don't usually see from the Melbourne Storm. After that, they versus the Titans. Again, another game they should win. Then they versus Penrith in round 22, so... By then, they need to have their shit sorted out. If they don't, it's going to be a very, very hard run to the finals for the Melbourne Storm. As for the Canberra Raiders, a really big effort from them and James Schiller. 
Unfortunate that he was injured in the back end of that game, but he scored the game-winning try. Really solid performance from him in this one. Really starting to like his game, James Schiller, and hopefully we see much more of him over the next few weeks. Hopefully that injury is quite mild and we get to see him play this week for the Canberra Raiders. But yeah, really unfortunate for the Melbourne Storm getting another loss here. Three losses in a row. That is unheard of for Melbourne. Unheard of. I really can't wrap my head around it. They need to sort their shit out. And I think over the next few weeks, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Warriors, and the Titans, I think they need to win pretty much all of those games uh, if the fans want to restore a little bit of hope in them come finals time. Uh, But Melbourne, I expect them to get some big wins over the next few weeks. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be dangerous. But... That's the thing. Ryan Pappenhausen's out of the side now. They could lose a lot of confidence. This could be a huge downfall for Melbourne as well. So a very interesting next few weeks for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, We go on to the last game of the week. It was the Rabbitohs v. the Bulldogs. A really solid game here from both sides. The Rabbitohs getting the front foot at the back end. They were beating the Rabbitohs at halftime too. The Bulldogs, a really solid game from them. Try scorers were Braden Burns, Declan Casey, Joe Simpson, Jake Averillo, Paul Vaughan, and then for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Lockie Elias, Cody Walker, Alex Johnston, Latrell Mitchell, Tevita Tatola, and then Alex Johnston getting a hat-trick there with three tries. Unbelievable. The first topic of discussion obviously has to be Alex Johnston being one of the top try scorers ever in the NRL. He surpassed Nathan Merritt, his teammate, and also surpassed Michael Jennings on 154 tries. I believe he's sitting on 155 now after the weekend. So that's just unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff there from Alex Alex Johnston, one of the best try scorers I think we've ever seen. Both goal kickers in Burton and Latrell got four goals each in this one. Four out of five for Burton, four out of seven for Latrell Mitchell. 36 to 28, the scoreline. Very, very close. Latrell Mitchell putting on an absolute show at the back end of that game. An absolute masterclass from Latrell Mitchell. Before we get into South, though, let's get into the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Declan Casey, definitely his redemption game. I thought he played a really good brand of football in this one. A really tough game, and I thought he really stepped up, had some big moments himself. 161 metres, 34 post contact, two tackle busts, two line breaks, two offloads, 14 tackles, one miss. Paul Vaughan as well, I thought was solid in this one. 127 metres, 55 post contact, 35 tackles with two missed. Unfortunate that Josh Carr came off early as well. Really, really spewing about that one, and I really do hope he's not out for the season. It honestly looked like he was limping on both legs, so it doesn't look good at all. He looked in some real discomfort, especially from what the Fox commentators and what the Channel 9 commentators were saying about that injury. Didn't look good at all. Hopefully, for Josh Carr's sake, it is something minor, uh, but hopefully he's not out for an extended amount of time if it is something major. For the South Sydney Rabbitohs, though, man of the match performance, Tavita Totola, 234 metres, 82 post contact, five tackle busts, one line break, 33 tackles, zero missed. What an absolute legend in the front row. He's had some big weeks in the front row over the past few weeks, Tavita Totola, and this one, definitely one of his biggest Definitely one of his best performances over the past few weeks to better Totola. Really solid game from him and Latrell Mitchell. 137 metres, 22 post contact, 
12 tackle busts, one line break, three line break assists, three offloads, 74 kicking meters. He's just a freak. He's honestly just a freak of nature, a genetic freak, if you will. Really solid performance here from Latrell Mitchell in a really tight game, and he won the game for us. He won the game for us. The no-look pass to Alex Johnston for that last try, it was just cheeky. It was just cheeky. It was class. It just shows you how much of a freak he is, and he definitely locks in that origin spot in the centers next year come origin time. Sorry, Matt Burton. Going to put you in a 14 jersey because Latrell Mitchell is just a freak. Tom Burgess as well, 109 metres in 47 minutes of football. Solid performance and solid hit out from him. Really solid game from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. That's all I'm going to say. At the back end of that game, they really stuck it to the dogs. It was a really, really tight game. South Sydney getting the win there. Really, really solid game and one of my favourites over the past few weeks. Thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and that is your round 18 review. One.